the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Eight minutes after 10 o'clock, that means hour two is underway on this Wednesday, the 27th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thank you so much for being with us. Great conversations in the first hour, including one with Coach Dave, who's going to be speaking to Ohio Freedom Fighters in Medina tonight at 7 p.m. Coming up in about half an hour, we're going to talk to Jonah Schultz, who is a candidate for the 16th Congressional District seat, being vacated by the retiring-slash-resigning-slash-running-and-hiding Anthony Gonzalez. Uh, Jonah's in a battle against Max Miller. It's going to be a tough fight, no doubt about it. We'll talk to him about that and some of the things going on in Congress. And right now we're talking about mandates. We're talking about uh, freedom. We're talking about science. And we're talking about belief in science or belief in, um, well, uh, guessing, I guess. Apologies for the lack of a better phrase there, but they're guessing now. They're, they're literally straight-up guessing. How do I know this? Am I just making things up? No. One of the key members of the FDA advisory panel trying to decide if the vaccine made by Pfizer should be made available under emergency authorization to children ages 5 to 11 said, I don't know. I'm guessing it might be safe, but it might not be. The only way we'll know is if we inject it into the kids. That's what we've got to do. That's just the way it goes. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. And they're the ones who are telling us, follow the science. And the science says that the vaccines are safe and effective. Nothing else. Safe and effective. Just just safe and, and, and effective. That's it. There's no, there's no third option. They're safe and they're effective. There's no side effects in the short term. There's no side effects in the long term. The vaccines are good for kids. They're good for everybody. Despite that doctor with the FDA saying, we don't know, 
The only way to find out if it's safe is to give it to the kids, to inject them. Then we'll know that's just the way it goes. Well, that's what happened to Maddie. Maddie is a, is a young girl, a 13-year-old girl, here in the state of Ohio, whose parents volunteered her. This is Maddie. Hold on, Maddie. Hold on, hold on, hold on the story about Maddie. But her parents volunteered her to be a part of the controlled studies of the vaccine at age 13. They're believers in science, believers in vaccines, and they were willing to volunteer their daughter for the test. The daughter said, I'm in, let's go do this. Here's her story, 30 seconds worth. President Biden, this is Maddie. She's 13 and wants to be a nurse. When the COVID vaccine became available, she volunteered for the Pfizer clinical trial. She wanted to help. This is her now. I need to take this out. There are others across the country like her, but they are ignored by the FDA and the media. You said it was safe. Maddie stepped up to help America. Who's going to step up to help Maddie? Not only is nobody going to step up to help Maddie, nobody is allowed to know Maddie exists. Nobody is allowed to know her story. That's why Comcast refused to air that advertisement, that 30-second ad purchased by the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. Maddie stepped up, took the jab, and her life has been nothing but misery ever since. She stepped up as part of that trial, took the jab. She was a healthy young girl. And you you heard her wails and her cries there. She she I, I, it's hard to describe everything that happened to her. Now Comcast says they told they are reportedly uh, they told the ads buyer that the ad was rejected because it needed substantiation of all of the things that were that are alleged in that ad that happened to Maddie as a result of the uh, the Pfizer profit jabs. Maddie DeGary is her name. She's from Ohio. And so Comcast said, we don't have substantiation. And besides that, all of the graphic images needed to be removed from the ad, which, of course, would make the ad pointless. You need to see the graphic images of the tortures she is suffering now in order to understand the point that the vaccines may not be safe for all children. The foundation submitted documents to Comcast for substantiation, which included the girl's complete and total medical records outlining the symptoms that she has had since she took the vaccine, including the convulsions and the muscle spasms, uh, the muscle tremors, the headaches, the brain fog, the inability to speak, the inability to walk and cough. She's been admitted to a hospital three times in recent months after the jab. She was fully healthy before. And Comcast won't tell the story. Why? Because the media, the left, the CDC, the NIH... The FDA don't want you to know that they're lying to you when they say safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. It wasn't safe and effective for, for, for Madison DeGary. It was not safe and effective for thousands and thousands and probably millions and millions of people with adverse reactions, some of them much more serious than others, to this vaccine. And now that they want to jam it into little children, whose bodies are still developing, ages 5 to 11, their doctors admit we don't know what's going to happen until we do it anyway. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. That's just the way it goes. (sighs) This is why I'm selling the T-shirts. I don't have science. It's just compliance. By the way, I have taken so many orders for that T-shirt on Facebook private messaging. 
I couldn't handle it anymore. Um, so we have created just a little simple website for you to order the T-shirt from. It's alwaysright.us, just like it sounds. Alwaysright.us, not .com, .us. If you want one of the uh, uh, not science, just compliance T-shirts, and they are flying, everybody is getting these things, go to that website, put in your size, put in your info. You can pay with a credit card, uh, and it will be handled immediately. Alwaysright.us. Beth is in uh, University Heights. Beth, Beth, thank you for waiting. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Um, hi, Bob. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was calling because my son was part of the Pfizer trial um, for 12 to 15-year-olds last December, and I've been listening to your show. Um, frankly, I'm, I'm bothered by it. Um, my son took the vaccine. I was very nervous at the time. He wanted to do it. It was, did not come for me. And thank God he has been fine. Um, there's been a lot of COVID around us, and he's been totally fine. He, he has not gotten it. He's been watched very carefully this past year. Um, he does a survey every week. He goes for a blood draw like every six months now to see how his antibodies are. And overall, it's been a very positive ex- experience. Um, I think there's always a chance that there could be a negative reaction to a vaccine, but I'm hoping that it's a small chance um, and that the the recording of the girl you you played mm-hmm. is the exception. Um, like I said, I was very nervous when he went underwent this, but since then, once it was opened up to <clears throat> you know, the 12 to 15-year-old population and the 16 and up. I have other kids, and they did not want to do the trial. It was through our um, pediatrician, and we asked around a lot before my son got it. And since then, my other kids who are in the age range, they also have gotten the vaccine. Thank God they're doing fine. And I felt like it was a way for them to go back to school. Um, Their school does not have masks, fortunately. And it was a way for them to be in school and to be living normal lives without being being nervous of getting it or spreading it. Um, so let me really ask wasn't... you this. So let me ask mm-hmm. you this: Would you recommend to your friends who have children in the ages of five to eleven that they have their children receive this vaccine based on what you know? Um, I, I don't want to make the decision for other people. I, I think know, it's up I know. To but them. If, they, if, and... they, if they if they asked you, what do you think? What would you say? I would say if it's approved and they feel comfortable with it, that, yes, go ahead and do it. Okay. Um, but I, 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 I don't think the government hear. should make the decision for, for people. I well, think you know, well, you're, the, government, the government should not only not make the decision, the government right. shouldn't even make it available. If they are admitting, mm-hmm. they have no idea what's going to happen to the kids. And that's literally what one of the FDA advisory panels, who may, uh, uh, scientists and doctors who made this decision, uh, said. We don't know what's going to happen until we put it into all of these arms. See, here's my point, and I'm glad your child was great after uh, wanting to do this um, mm-hmm. and, and has had no problems. And I hope it is a very small minority of children that this happens to. However, mm-hmm. we're talking 28 million kids 
28 million kids are now eligible or will be uh, between the ages of 5 and 11. If if 95% of the kids have your son's experience and, and don't suffer any serious side effects, and 5% of them suffer Maddie's experience, um, is that something that should be on the market? Because 5% of 28 so million is thousands and thousands no. and thousands of suffering children, or, or quite frankly, even 1%. What's 1% 1, 1 of 28 million? Isn't it, is so that I would 000? hope, I would hope that just like they did a trial study with a certain group of kids for twelve to fifteen, and before that sixteen and up, that they do a, a trial with people who are willing, um, and see okay, what are do people have reactions? What's the reaction? And that it and part of it the nervousness is that it is a new vaccine. So that's right. why everybody is scared about it. Um, and also the younger a person gets, the less side, the, the less sick they're usually going to get with COVID. Um, so I think it needs to be okay. tested. I'm well, not well it, 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 I'm it, not, needs, I'm it not needs to be more than that. It science. needs to be more than that. There's a reason why, and thank you for the phone call, Beth, and I appreciate your story. There need, it needs to be much more than just tested. It needs to be tested in the long term, which is exactly why people who say, hey, did your kids get the measles vaccine? Did your kids get the uh, uh, um, polio vaccine? And so on and so forth. Things that were tested decades and decades ago and underwent decades and decades of long-term studies to see what the long-term effects are, are very different than something that was approved last November, not even approved, just given emergency authorized use last November, and has really not even been approved to this very moment. And yet they were being, were being told, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. They can not make that claim accurately, fairly, scientifically. They cannot, because there are massive numbers of people suffering very serious adverse effects in the short term, and they haven't had a long term go by, so they can't claim there are no long term side effects. They don't know. And to me, when you don't know, you don't subject people, particularly under mandates requiring people to take one of these big billion-dollar profit jabs. And that's what they are. We're going to stop calling them vaccines as much as we can and call them profit jabs. That's exactly what they are. It's compliance, not science. It is about force, not health, period. That's the reality of it. They cannot prove anything otherwise. And when they're admitting, we don't know what's going to happen until we put it in all of those arms, and we're going to, be, we're going to find out at the same time the kids do, good luck. If you want to roll the dice with your child, I'm not talking to the caller anymore, I'm talking in general. If you want to roll the dice and let them experiment on your kid and let them be a part of that uh, uh, you know, discovery process to see what happens, that's on you. But if you ask me, I think it's highly irresponsible. And quite frankly, if they mandate it for your kids to get into school, uh, you take your kids out of that school. I think it's irresponsible. I think it's dangerous. It's like putting your kid, it's like driving around. I don't want to make stupid analogies. I won't do it. But you have a responsibility to look after your child's welfare and best interest. And if their doctors are telling you we don't know what's going to happen if you take this jab, then you don't put that jab in your kid's arm. I'll be right back. free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. 
1024, we'll go right back to it. We'll hit uh, TJ in Cleveland. TJ, it's been a little bit. Go right ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, this is just my opinion. <clears throat> this last caller, as soon as I heard it was from University Heights, I knew what was coming. I guarantee you this was nothing but a libtard seminar caller. And if people want me to believe that this woman listens to your show all the time, well, they can sell me a bridge. But that's not the reason I called. You know, you do this infomercial with this reverend talking about the battle against the beast, and the only one that can take on the beast is the church. The problem we got now, the beast has already infiltrated the church. We have to defeat the beast inside of our own church before we can think about fighting them elsewhere. I mean, and, and this is a problem we're seeing. I just see now these caravans are being financed by the Catholic Church, other churches, they're ruining our, our rule of law. They're destroying our borders, and our churches are behind it. And as far as Fauci goes, he's got as much guilt, even though he may not have been totally involved with these experiments, he's got as much guilt as a Christian that's against abortion and freely goes out and elects pro-abortion candidates. They share the same guilt. And, I mean, this is just my opinion, Bob. Well, I appreciate that, TJ, and uh, and thank you for offering your opinion. As to the caller, since you brought it up, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cast aspersions and assume you may be right. It may be somebody who's um, you know a, a person who's left of center is calling to argue on behalf of the vaccines, and to me, it's okay. Why? Why is it okay? Because what I've been saying since the beginning of this whole thing, it's about choice. If parents want to choose to subject their kids to these tests, I think it's highly irresponsible, and I think it's uh, it's it's borderline child abuse, but it's better than forced compliance from anybody. If she's choosing to get her, her uh, uh, kid vaccinated to see what happens, but she's not calling for a mandate that makes me do that to mine and you do that to yours, then I can live with that. I'll give my advice. I'll give my opinion. And, and let it be. But choice and, and freedom are what we are all about uh, in this country and, and on this program. So uh, if she's uh, a plant who's trying to uh, you know make, make a point, fine. But she did say she doesn't agree with the mandate, but she said she wanted to give her kid that opportunity to do it. Okay, so be it. Thank you, TJ. Uh, let's go to West Park. Diane, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Thank you, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm, I'm afraid that I... Uh my mind doesn't follow the science. It connects the dots that follow the money. And um, I had a dark thought hearing about the Pfizer um, jab becoming available to the kids, to the young ones. And I'm just, I wonder, the thought is, I wonder if the parents um, who are presenting their 5 to 11-year-olds for the child sacrifice Pfizer job, jab will be asked if they perhaps want their child to be enrolled as an organ donor. And then the money can go on and on, cha-ching, 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 to those who might be interested in what would be 20% of 28 million children if they had those potential deaths. That would be 1,400,000 donors. Um, uh, And who knows, maybe they could even... uh, why not throw some money at the parents uh, just to incentivize them? It's a dark thought, Bob. Well, but it, we, no, you I, know, but we I know get things. it. It is dark, but you know what? You're not you're not off base here. You know, if they're going to put their kids in that jeopardy, you're right. They ought to try to make sure that there could be some good come out of it if there is a tragic result. 
and and donors you know would would certainly be uh, would would certainly be a good outcome of something terrible like that. But uh, yeah, it's dark. But uh, look, let's be honest. We don't know, and the doctors are telling us we don't have the science that proves this is safe. We're going to have to find out by putting it into all of these arms. And by the way, thank you for the call, Dan. By the way, I did the numbers when I was kind of uh, talking to that caller before about. Uh, I said, what if one percent of the twenty eight million aged five to eleven now have uh, outcomes like Maddie's. Do you know how many that is? I was wrong by a zero. I said, isn't that 28,000 kids? I was wrong by a zero. It's 280,000 kids having outcomes like Maddie's. Do you want to roll that dice with your child? Because again, if you do, I'm sorry. I question your, I question your fitness. And that, but it is a choice, and you you make look. If we can't argue for parents to have a say in their kids' educations, and then not say parents should be able to make the choice about their kids' health, we can't. We've got. We're going to be consistent, and I'm going to be consistent. I will say it's up to you as a parent to do what's right for your child. But I will question your wisdom if you put your child in that position. I will question the wisdom, given the fact that the doctors themselves are saying we don't have the science to prove that this is going to be safe for your kid. We'll find out later, just like you will, when we put it in their arms. All right, it's 1030. Uh, I want you to hold on if you have not gotten on the air yet. I'm going to ask you to be patient, though, because coming up after the bottom of the hour news, we're going to talk to Jonas Schultz. I'll ask him these questions, too. We'll talk about mandates. We'll talk about what's going on in Congress. We'll talk about spending and so much more. That's coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer 10 37 and we continue now on am 1420 the answer again if you're on hold stay there i promise i'm going to get to you before the end of this broadcast in about 23 minutes but i do want to spend some time now with a conservative candidate for congress in ohio's 16th congressional district we've been following this very closely ever since jonah schultz and max miller both of them committed themselves to getting rid of anthony gonzalez they've done that anthony gonzalez is out he is not running for re-election in ohio 16 after his trade traitorous turn against President Trump and the rule of law and the Constitution and due process. So they were both successful. Now the question is, is which one of them is going to replace him? Max Miller is running uh, as Donald Trump's endorsed candidate. Jonas Schultz, I described you earlier as a grinder. You don't have that uh, that high-value Trump endorsement because you didn't work in the White House the way Max did, but, boy, you wouldn't know it from the way you work. You are grinding on the streets. You are going to businesses. You're going to doors. You're going to events, and you are sharing your conservative message, something I'm happy to help you do right here on AM 1420, The Answer. It's good to have you back, John. Thanks, Bob, and good morning. Thanks for having me on. And, and, and really, that's what we need. We need an outsider who's willing to work for the people right now, and that's what I'm very proud to do and, and to be in this race, being an example of how we need to work to take this country back. Well, I obviously meant grinder as a compliment. I suppose some people could say that's kind of an insult. You know, you don't have all of the, the best uh, pedigree, the most money, and so forth, but you're just grinding. And I, I really do think that that's a, that, you know, it, it's kind of odd. But since we're talking about Donald Trump for a moment here, 
Yeah, he had billions of dollars, but he was a political novice. He had to grind his way into the game in order to do this. You can be on TV for decades the way he was with The Apprentice, and you can be a real estate mogul and everything else, but getting into this game is a different thing. And if you've never done it before, it's a grind, whether you've got a ton of money or not, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. But I think, honestly, when I go around and speak to the people, money endorsements and and, and pedigree, whatever you want to call it, it it means less in this election, I think, than it ever has, because people, they want authenticity, they want availability, um, and they want somebody who's going to truly represent them, who knows what it means to live and work in their communities. And I think that's why so many people love Donald Trump, because what do we see a businessman who didn't play the political game? He used his message to cut through directly to the people, uh, and he worked his butt off in the process. And I think that's what we're trying to do is show that, you know, we're not just going to work, uh, you know, to get elected. We're going to work right now for, for a movement to protect our businesses, to protect our medical freedom. Because honestly, I'm not getting sworn in until 2023, and a lot's going to happen between now and then. We can't afford to be not fighting this fight right now. And I think uh, people appreciate having warriors that are going to be on the front lines today, not just when they get elected. Let me ask you this, Jonas Schultz. When you are meeting people and you're going to events uh, and you're talking about your vision, are you focused primarily on the interests of the individuals in the 16th district or on votes that are going to impact the entire country? We're talking about, of course, massive House votes on things like infrastructure, House votes on uh, things like uh, Biden's massive spending plans, uh, votes on things uh, like expanding the Supreme Court if they were to come to that. Are you looking at the giant picture or more specifically to this is how it's going to impact Main Street, 16th District? Well, I really don't think you can separate the two any longer because our government has become so massive uh, and has infiltrated every single avenue of our lives where every single decision that is made is affecting every single individual in this country. So we are really, obviously, number one, my priority is, is is the individuals in my district of the 16th District, but Every single decision, these massive infrastructure packages that are going to hike taxes and inflation, uh, these infringements on our medical freedom that are coming from the executive branch of the federal government, uh, these takeovers of our education system, these are affecting every single individual throughout this country. So there's no doubt that we are putting the people of the district first. But quite frankly, it's impossible to separate federal politics from local politics because Again, the federal government has gotten so massive and so intrusive into our lives. What do you consider the number one issue that you are uh, speaking to your potential constituents about? Uh, is it is it the border? Is it the invasion? 50,000 strong caravan just burst through two days ago. The Mexican police blockade. They're on their way and they're saying they will not be stopped. Joe Biden is saying, well, we don't want to stop them. I refuse to put up a wall. I refuse to actually defend the border. We're going to bring them in here. We're going to process them. We're going to uh, let them uh, move, uh, move throughout the United States. Is that number one? Is it the reaction and the uh, uh, to a COVID? Is it the disruption of the supply chain? And I'm not suggesting you can't chew gum and walk at the same time and do multiple things, but if you had to prioritize them, how do you prioritize them? Well, the number one issue that voters consistently come to me with is their concern over their medical freedom, their bodily autonomy, their rights in their private businesses, and, and just how the unconstitutional mandate have affected each and every individual. And these aren't individuals that are coming up to me that are unvaccinated or vaccinated. These are these are both individuals who have made their own health care decisions, and they want to stand up for their rights and the rights of their fellow man because 
I've been on the front lines from the very beginning saying that we need to ban both public and private vaccine mandates nationwide because, you know, quite frankly, I don't care if our rights are being taken away by the government or by a private corporation. Our, our job is to preserve the rights of the individual. And that's what people are saying is we need elected officials who are going to actually stand up for the little guy. And there's this debate right now among the squishy Republicans, and this is actually the position of my opponent, Max Miller, that businesses can do whatever they want. They can mandate vaccines, masks, you name it, because it's, it's the free market. You know, you know, trust me, there's nothing free about a market of businesses who can force you to make medical decisions against your will. And I would ask any of these so-called Republicans, do you think the employees at Smuckers down in Orville or Summa Health or Metro Health or any of the countless nurses, nurses and, and healthcare workers feel better because their rights and their livelihood are, are taken away by a private employer instead of the government? <laughs> Does that help them put bread on the table or clothe their children? You know, of course not. We need to stand with them. But I would say the number one issue, you know, immigration is huge. Inflation is huge. Uh, the the supply chain crisis is huge because it's affecting people each and every day. But people are worried about the future of even being able to operate within society if they choose to make different medical decisions than what the liberal establishment wants them to make. We are talking with Jonah Schultz. Jonah, of course, is a candidate for the 16th Congressional District seat. He's in a primary against Max Miller. The two of them have combined forces to get rid of Anthony Gonzalez. Now one of them will take that seat over. That's the seat formerly held by uh, Jim Renacci, now running for Ohio governor. Um, since you brought up the um, medical freedom as, as the number one issue that the people ask you about, Jonah, uh, I want to get your reaction to something I've been playing all day. Because it just astounds me. It's it, it's chilling. This is uh, this is uh, one of the FDA advisory panel members answering the question on a Zoom or a virtual uh, vote, if you will. The question of whether or not scientific evidence proves the benefits of the Pfizer vaccine outweighs the risks for children 5 to 11 years of age. This is what they're trying to decide if they will give emergency authorization to children 5 to 7 to receive the vaccine. It would make about 28 million children eligible. Dr. Eric Rubin, when answering that question, said this. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. That's just the way it goes. Now, a little glitchy in the audio there, but I think you could hear it. He said, um, we're never going to know how safe this vaccine is until we start giving it. That's just the way it goes. It reminded me of Nancy Pelosi saying, we're going to have to pass this bill just to see what's in it. So pass it, and then we'll find out if it was good stuff or bad stuff. How do you react to jam this into your kid's arm? We don't know if it's safe or not, but that's how we're going to find out, by jamming it in. Will, will, will you find out at the same same time with us? Does that work for you, Jonah? No, absolutely not. And I actually tweeted about this video this morning saying that these people, they view your children as lab rats. They don't view the unique humanity of your child. Uh, and remember, they don't want science. They want compliance, right? Yes, and, sir. Uh, you know, and, and these people really are mad scientists at this point because these children, they have a, about a, a higher likelihood of, of dying on a car crash on the way to get their COVID shot than they do of having any serious side effects from COVID. These children are at zero risk. And we've already, we've already been shown that the CDC has already admitted that vaccinated individuals can 
can contract and transmit the virus. So we're, we're not having that debate any longer. But these individuals, I mean, it's, it's sickening. These The Dr. Fauci, these FDA officials, they have been, you know, Fauci being complicit in funding the Wuhan gain-of-function research. He's been caught, you know, funding research on orphans, aborted babies, and, and torturing animals, perjury, you name it. These people are, are sick. Uh, and when you when when we start throwing our children into this, knowing that there are all of these risks, myocarditis, blood clots, all of these things, when these children, again, have zero risk from serious complications of covid, it's just it, it's inhumane. It's 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 unfathomable to even put myself in a position where I could imagine forcing a jab on children against their will, against the will of their parents. And we're seeing school systems trying to force that around the country right now. Well, I'm glad you brought up school systems. You just led me into my next question, not about COVID so much, although we could do that too, about masks and and, and whether or not the science actually is there for that. Spoiler alert, it's not. Um, But, of course, the real focus right now is on seeing parents as being domestic terrorists. We saw what happened in Loudoun County yesterday. Uh, Hundreds and hundreds of Loudoun County students walked out of their school building in protest of what's being done there with the trans rule that allowed a girl to be sodomized, raped and sodomized and forced to do terrible things by a male wearing a skirt saying, I'm non-binary, I can go into whichever bathroom I want. And according to the school's rules, he's right. He could, and he did. He was convicted of assaulting two girls, and um, the school board knew about it and did nothing. They denied the existence of the case altogether, in fact, and said when his father came to protest, what happened to his daughter said there's no record at all of any assaults happening in the facilities in our buildings because of this trans policy. So big picture question here for you is if you're in Congress, what will you do to advocate for parents' rights, both in terms of agendas like that, as well as curricula such as CRT and other divisive um, uh, teaching uh, materials that uh, many schools are using? Well, we need to remove the power from bureaucrats and teachers unions and return it back to the parents because we need school choice for all. We need to put parents in control of their tax dollars, but ultimately we need to go for the big one and we need to abolish the federal department of education. There is no reason why the federal government should be involved in the education of your child. They have nearly a, a $70 billion a year budget. Uh, there's over 4,500 employees, and, and they actually have a budget of over $100 billion with COVID money, uh, and none of, not one penny of that gets to your child. But when we look at what's going on with these school boards, we just saw the Ohio School Boards Association you know, remove itself from the National School Boards Association. But this is a taxpayer funded lobbying organization. So you're taking Bob France's money, Jonah Schultz's money, you know, Joe the Plumber's money, and giving it towards these these bureaucrats who are advocating against and undermining the education of our children, undermining parental rights. That needs to be banned outright. So we need a holistic approach to this on the federal level. But ultimately it's let's create a system where parents can control their children's education and have an understanding and there's transparency because we're seeing, look at the Virginia governor's race. Look at what Democrats are saying across this country, that parents don't even have a place in the classroom. That is how far left and how radical these individuals have gotten where they don't want parents in control. They want the government raising the child. 
I think that's very well said, and that is a, a part of the larger picture, I think, of the leftist movement, the Marxist movement, which, of course, deconstructs the nuclear family uh, and does indeed leave it to the responsibility of the village, if you will, uh, to raise the children. And parental influence must be minimized as much as possible. We're seeing that in cases like Virginia, where the governor's race will be decided on Tuesday in an off-year election. Uh, and one of the uh, candidates did indeed say uh, the parents have no place in deciding what their kids learn. It's a, it's a real stark admission. Jonah Schultz uh, doesn't believe that, believes parents matter. Uh, a strong conservative, conservative candidate out there to try to win the hearts and minds of the people without a massive war chest, but with a lot of heart and, uh, and a lot of effort. Jonah, I'm happy to give you the opportunity here. I wish you the very best in this primary race. I hope, uh, well, I don't just hope, I know somehow, some way, uh, we're going to have a much better representation in the 16th District than we have right now, and I wish you the best of luck. I appreciate it, Bob. And, and everyone, go to SchultzForCongress.com, learn about my background, issues, platform, and God bless all of you. Thank you, Jonah. There it is, SchultzForCongress.com. It's 1051, final time out. Final segment of phone calls coming up before we wrap on AM 1420, The Answer. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. Rick is in Lorraine now on AM 1420 The Answer. Hi, Rick. Go ahead, sir. Hi. I just wanted to say that uh, people are fearful by the daily onslaught of the pandemic, and that's why, uh, you know, in the media. I think that's the main reason most parents want the vaccines for their children. Uh, I have a related comment, if I may. I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. People are afraid because they have been, uh, you know, victims of propaganda and a fear-mongering campaign that is unlike anything we have ever seen, to the point where if anybody disputes or disagrees with the fear-mongering, they're silenced, they're shut down, their accounts are closed. Anybody who disputes the narrative of the fear of COVID is shut down. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of impossible to, to not be afraid unless you're really, really digging and doing the homework. What, what's your yeah, opinion? They uh, put their doctors on pedestals. I call them medical people. They're the ones that, same ones who want the vaccines, probably already take a lot of pills. And they put their faith in the medical doctors. The doctor says vaccine. They say how many? Right. Well, but the key here, and the difficulty of all of this, my friend, and thank you for the phone call, Rick, it's not just the doctors say vaccine, they say how many. It's that some doctors say vaccine. Others say no, no vaccine is necessary here. Some doctors say um, use ivermectin. Other ones say no, no, you can't use that. That's a horse dewormer. They ignore half of the science. There is a lot of science out there that is being completely ignored by those with an agenda and a narrative to advance. So it's it's they listen to some doctors. They'll listen to Dr. Fauci. They'll listen to, uh, you know, the NIH. They'll listen to the CDC rather than other doctors who have just as much, if not more, experience treating infectious diseases, and they ignore them because they don't help advance the cause. That's the frustrating part. Penny's in Parma. Hi, Penny. Go ahead. Hello? Yes, hi, Penny. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yes. um, I don't know if this has been discussed or not. I haven't heard about it um, on on your show. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but I've been reading that now the COVID the COVID nineteen virus is kind of on its way out, and we've got all these variants coming in, and the, the COVID vaccines don't even cover those variants. So why bother giving them to kids at all? Well, you know what you know what this is. This is the setting the stage for the boosters. You know how they try to tell you every year to take a flu shot, and each year the flu shot is different than the year before based on what they think the variant of the flu is. This is going to be the worst of the influenza variants, or if you want to call them that, or or strains. Some people call it a strain of flu, and they create the flu shots and make everybody or tell everybody to get it. Many people believe that's what's going to happen here. The actual COVID-19 as we knew it will be gone, but the variants of COVID-19 will come around each every six or six or eight months, and uh, it'll be a new one, and they'll say, oh, time for a booster, time for a booster, and all of the sheep will dutifully line up to get their booster shots. Lord only knows what's in them. Right, a booster, as long as the booster um, you know, is, a, is effective for the new variants that come out. And right. COVID-19 Which they don't know. is going to change. Right. right. Which they don't know. So, and that's the most frustrating so they, thing. <clears throat> Go ahead. So I'm thinking they should at least be working on creating new boosters of, or new kinds of vaccines to to accommodate these new viruses. Well, well here, here, here's the part that, that's going to frustrate everybody. And thank you for the phone call, Penny. I appreciate it. Here's what's going to frustrate people and should frustrate people. They don't know if any of these things work, which is why they are now telling you to mix them up and create cocktails. In other words, if you had the Pfizer double jab, they're saying, take the Moderna as a booster. If you had Moderna, take the Pfizer as a booster. They're telling you to mix and match them just to throw something against the wall and see what sticks to see if any of those have long-lasting immunity. I mean, it's like drinking scotch and Kahlua. It's not a real drink. You don't mix those things up just to see what happens. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.